This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go, Otsuko. And I'm in quarantine. At home. home. Hello, and welcome to Let's Go, Otsuko. It's me, Otsuko. <laughs> you know, every time I say that, I always think I'm going to say, it's me, Mario. I know, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But it's because they made it catchy. And it sticks with you from when you're a child. And that's why representation matters. <laughs> What if that was the whole point of me bringing up that Mario thing? Look, but honestly, growing up in Japan, right, as a kid, as a kid in Japan, the only Italian thing that I did here was Mario. Seriously, it was Super Mario, the way he talked, his little accent. That was truly like the only Italian I'd met. And that's just a video game. And even after I moved to the States... I think it's because I moved to the west side. I was in California, where not as many Italian-Americans are compared to, like, the east coast. But, you know, my first Italian-American experience here, really, was watching Jersey Shore. Unless I'm allowed to count eating at Olive Garden or Buca di Beppo, I want to say, yeah, it was definitely Jersey Shore. And you're probably like, whoa, Atsuko, what's up with all this Italian-American reflection going on suddenly? Is your guest on this episode Italian-American or something? Ding, ding, ding! You would be correct! What? Yeah, my guest is Matteo Lane. He happens to be Italian-American. And he's super hilarious. You might have seen him on the Netflix's The Stand-Ups or heard his podcast that he does with Emma Woolman, Inside the Closet. Now... You might be like, wait, 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 okay, but still, why did you bring up the fact that he's Italian-American so much? And here's the thing, I did get kind of excited talking about culture with Matteo because he's one of my very few guests who happened to speak another language fluently. So we were able to talk about linguistics a lot, and it's something he truly loves, learning culture, learning language. He's right now working on learning Spanish as well. And we talked about defending our own culture. That's why I was bringing up the whole Italian-American thing, right? So here's just a little preview. I had read in an interview that Matteo gets kind of annoyed when people tout around their favorite Italian restaurants, but it's not authentically Italian. And I got thinking, do I get annoyed if someone tells me, ooh, they love this Japanese food place, restaurant, but it's not really Japanese. Do I get annoyed, you know? And so it was kind of interesting talking about that. Like the moments, the times that I felt like I had to defend my Asianness or my culture, whether it's Japanese or Taiwanese, or feel like I have to know it all, were times where I felt insecure or like an imposter of my own culture because I wasn't in touch with it enough. Does that make sense? And it was different from Matteo. Matteo is actually a very proud Italian-American. And Super does know the culture, even cooks the food. And here's the key that's maybe different between me and him, is he likes talking about it. Whereas for me, I don't know if it's because, I don't know if it's like an Asian American thing. Probably because I was so embarrassed of being Asian American at first because I was picked on for being Asian American. That now, you know, I only really talk about it if asked. Does that make sense? That's some shit I have to unpack on my own. All right. I'm very excited for you to hear the rest of this episode, the interview with Matteo Lane. But first, 
That's right. This week was tough. We almost didn't even get this episode out because we had other deadlines at home. And again, if you know, it's just me and my husband, Ryan Harper Gray, producing these out of our home right now because of the pandemic. We are still with Forever Dog, but we are our own employees right now. So any support helps. Even a nice comment on Apple Podcasts or five stars on there, that truly lifts our spirits and keeps us going. And if you want to help out even further, you can go to patreon.com slash let's go Atsuko and join our family today. All right, without further ado, here's Mateo Lane. I'm so excited to be here with my guest, Mateo Lane. Oh, a studio audience. (laughs) Fabulous. That's right. How are you? Thank you so much for joining. Thanks. I'm good. I um, This is usually when I have my second cup of coffee. And last night, I specifically went to the grocery store to get coffee, forgot the coffee, bought everything else, came home. So I still don't have coffee. So oh. after this, I'm going to run and go get like a cappuccino or something. To, Wait, so you've to... done a whole day without caffeine at all? I woke up early and I got coffee yeah. uh, from this place oh. underneath me. Mm-hmm. And um, th- but now I'm like, my body is like ready for that second cup of coffee. And I'm like, Fuck, I don't have any coffee. So Oh um, my God. Well let's get let's get Mateo his coffee. Let's let's make I, this fast. Let's No no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's you asked me how I am, that's the state of mind I'm in right now. Is like my body's saying to me, like, get your second cup of coffee. Look, I have my golden girls cup ready for my yeah. coffee. Yes, yes, it's just empty. It is. So I'm gonna get I'm I'm actually like excited. My treat is I'm gonna get coffee after this and mm, I love caffeine yeah yeah so what do you what do you overlook there so you're how what's what's the day been like where you're at you're in New York I'm in New York so besides I the just coffee. moved to a new apartment so I'm now in the village and uh it's I mean everyone's leaving New York so it's actually a great time if your lease is up to go find new places because <laughs> I got a deal I would never get if there wasn't a pandemic yeah and um I look on McDougal Street, which is uh, a kind of like a crazy street here in New York City, like lots of restaurants and people are always out drinking and partying and hookahs and dancing. Mm. And so it's an interesting street to is, live on. So that was part of the perk. Is that part of the perk that you moved there? Like, why? how did you, you moved during a pandemic? <laughs> yeah, I know. And the move also, well, my lease was up. Okay. And um, I just had been in my building for a long time and i was in the upper east side which is they also had cheap apartments but when i was looking for apartments because they were working on the second avenue train so but it just run its course and everyone in my neighborhood was in their early hundreds and i was ready to just like (laughs) feel young again so um i moved near where i work and where shows are and where rest you know where life is yeah and i used to live in this neighborhood when i first moved to new york I moved, my friend got me an apartment. They were illegally renting and subletting. And it had, it was a six floor walk up with a bathtub in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that bathtub's where I washed my ass and I washed my dishes. So Versatile. I, it's a, which I, in the bed, I'm not. I'm strictly a bottom. But um, <laughs> it was just so funny. Like that was like, I lived like a Polish immigrant from 1940 when mm-hmm. I first moved to New York. Yeah. And now I've like come full circle. I'm from Brooklyn to the Upper East Side. Of that, so now I'm back in the village. But yeah. I have a real apartment and I'm super thrilled and I love this neighborhood. So I'm actually quite happy. Can we trust that you'll never forget where you came from? I will. Well, (laughs) once you're washing your dishes where you just wash your ass five minutes earlier, you're like, I I should probably work a little harder in life. If it's not too too much info, could I ask, was it the same soap? Did you No, different soap. Okay. Okay. I just, well, you know, sometimes you like, you, you gotta be. I'm not trying to spread E. coli to myself. No, I'm. (laughs) I use different soap. I got my Dawn soap for the dishes and I have, you know, Dove soap. Which I guess those titles are very similar to Dawn and Dove. It's like we should really yeah, stop confusing ourselves over here. Fuse into one, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Dove's, I mean, not Dove. Sorry, now now I'm like Dove, Dawn. Dawn soap. We know wash off grease from ducks. You know what there I'm you saying? Go. There's a baby duck right there. Right, right. If we know anything. Being saved from Dawn. I just evidently. imagine it wouldn't be so bad for, for, for the butt either, is what I'm saying. 
I don't know if it's I it's it gets so much grease out. I mm. mean, I don't know. You don't want to be dry. Just yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if the, the your ass is a great place for Dawn soap. I guess in a pinch, you know, if you've run out of soap and you've got like uh, company coming over, yeah. you know, you could use Dawn and soap. Like, but right, like you're like, well, the bathtub is already filled with soap water. I just did the dishes. <laughs> My company. I'll just he, yeah. lay here a little longer. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, if they're coming in five minutes, who knows, you know, if if your lover's an early bird, I don't know. Yeah. Coming <laughs> in five minutes usually is the problem with the men I sleep with. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Mateo, again, you'll promise me you'll never re- forget where you came from. <laughs> I, it's imp- I'm telling Well, then the apartment that I had after that was even worse. I moved in. Do you know Sashir Zameda? Yeah, yeah. So her and I moved into this apartment together with our friend Ryan Beck. And at the time, I mean, living with Sashir was fabulous. I mean, we became best friends and it was a blessing. That, that, that home with Ryan and Sashir was some of the best times of my life. Mm-hmm. But... The apartment, they took a two-bedroom and tried to make it a three-bedroom. This is in Brooklyn. And they built a tiny little, like, attic, essentially, on top of Sashir's room. And then built, like, a Keebler Elf stairwell up to it. So, the room that I was in, I couldn't stand (gasps) up all the way. I I was like this the whole time I was in the room. No closet. So, (laughs) you had to get, like, a weird rack and put my clothes. I mean, it was so weird. But... That was that was also a great experience because right. Sashir, I would usually wake up and then just crawl into Sashir's bed and we would sleep in. We cooked with each other, we laughed with each other. It was that was such a magical time. Yeah. I loved that apartment. And look at you now, right across from hookah. You know? Right across from hookah and artichoke pizza. It's all there. Oh, only if you were able to actually go and do hookah if it weren't a pandemic, right? <laughs> oh, no, they're still doing it. This oh. is New York. I mean, there's still... I walked yesterday with all my groceries without the coffee, and everyone's just like hookah in the street and just so funny. That's what I'm overlooking, too, over here in uh, Silver Lake, if I may. Oh, uh, Silver Lake? Every time I say Silver Lake, I feel like my nose is going to start bleeding, you know? <laughs> but uh, Silver Lake, where where I reside, you know, um, <laughs> I still can't believe that this is where I ended up because, like, well, when you were talking about like a bathtub as your dishwasher and where you bathed, you know, and whatever, I don't want to call it humble beginnings because that's an insult to you know, like so many people. That's just reality of of buildings and life, you know? It's also just like when you're young and you move to a new city and you take any opportunity you can, you know, I don't, I didn't have money. I don't have rich parents. So, you know, it, and I like it. I look back and think how bohemian, you know, you sort of romanticize <laughs> your own past. You're like, oh, I lived in this apartment and I had a bath of my kitchen and but it was it was a New York experience and right. it was it was amazing and I had this extra little loft space and Chicago comics would come from Chicago they would come stay with me and so I always had visitors and it it was like a very um it's just a very romantic period to think about like young comedy doing open mics I was drawing it during the day I had a day job where I was illustrating it mm-hmm. it was fun fun times yeah yeah I you know when I first moved to the states it was in a cramped garage with my mom and grandma and so um what year did you move to the states I came 99 I remember because you know so 2000 everyone was freaking out about Y2K right Right. So I was, right. you know, I lived in a cramped, cramped garage, you know, three generations, all matriarch, you know, just being like, this is tiny. Why did we, why did we leave Tokyo, you know, to come? Right. And we were undocumented. And so there's, you know, uh, but we didn't have a bathtub um, that we, <laughs> we didn't have a versatile bathtub. This isn't an, an oppression off. Okay. I know it, oh, it sounds so like funny. I'm trying to do that. No, no way. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, you know, that, that, that was a, I, I look back to that time, too, as kind of like, no, not romantic, but like, oh, that's that's where I grew up, you know. And then, um, you know, so I have fond memories of grandma, like, right. ma- you know, making do with the, the garage and like putting a toaster here, a microwave here. And then uh, my uncle came and built out a little stove like we had a stove. We were able to cook in this goddamn garage, you know. And um, yeah. And that that was that was life uh but where where was i going with that because you were talking about god my brain is a bit of a blur 
Y2K. Y2K. <laughs> Y2K was coming. And I remember thinking everyone, nobody in this country had chill. You know, I was like, where did we move to? Because everyone was like, you know, the computers are going to go down. We need to have right. food stocked up. And then I was like, oh, my God, nobody has chill. Y2K came. Nothing happened. Everyone Nothing went. happened. And then the next year, it was 9-11. And I was like, oh, my right. God, this place is crazy. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I um uh y2k that's just so funny i remember my dad pulled like a hundred dollars out from the bank he's like eh, if anything happens i got enough for for <laughs> i don't know groceries <laughs> but you know my family did not freak out the way i think most most americans did at that time y2k that was so funny margaret cho had a great joke about y2k um but anyways, um, I I was planning on going to I want I, my dream is to go to uh, specifically Tokyo because I still have my two friends from elementary school who moved back to Japan. They mm-hmm. came from Japan and then they moved back to Japan. They were twins, Hiroshi and Soli. And um, what if I was like, oh my god, I love Hiroshi and Soli. <laughs> I would be like, please. Oh my God, they're the best. They, oh my God, they had so many Sailor Moon cards for me in fourth grade. And we, oh, it was just like a dream. Um, but I, have, I I once talked to a Japanese woman and I have no idea if this is true, but I love language. So I speak Italian mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the this is in Seattle. And she told me, oh, I think that people who speak Japanese and people who speak Italian have a very uh, easy time speaking the other language because like the same movement or the same sort of there's like similar pronunciations between the languages mm-hmm. i have no idea if that's true or not but i don't know if you've ever heard italian and thought oh that sounds kind of like oh, wow no i never thought of that i wonder if she was yeah i mean also i don't know italian so <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, what, yeah so when i hear it i'm like oh i'm hearing spaghetti yeah you know, i'm just like oh i'm hearing easy. a language i do not know that is what i right. think first when i hear italian i'm like i do not know the language and then yes i hear some food items being said once in a while but <laughs> also it's not like i hang out with italians so yeah I, I don't think there's a lot of italians on the west coast that might be more of an east coast thing too for sure do you do a, like um not backwards talking but like do you describe the the thing you're doing first and then you say you insert yourself in it so for example like computer is turning a uh, computer is being turned on by me you know what i mean oh, is that how, i see what that's you're saying how japanese is like you you kind of insert like uh, the noun later. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, if I say what I did today in Italian, like, Oggi sono sbagliato. Oggi mi sono sbagliato che ho dovuto prendere un caffè. So today, of myself, woke up and I needed to uh, take a coffee. So I guess it, it is structured different than English, but I don't know. I guess I never thought about it that way. If you, like, if I would say, like... Right, right, right. I think I would say I have to turn on the computer. Oh, okay. If I was going to say, io devo. I don't think I would say, il computer. Yeah, I would say, I need to turn on the computer. I think it's maybe more like English that way. Yeah. Well, I guess like, well, Yoda, the way Yoda speaks is actually how Japanese people, the vocab goes. Right. Like the place, like grammatic, like grammatically how it goes. Right, 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 right. Like wise you are or whatever. (laughs) Not to... (laughs) Oh, sometimes they're telling you to say, bello sei tu. Like, if I told someone, I would say, bello sei, like, handsome you are. Oh, okay. I would say that. I mean, I could say, tu sei bello, which is, you are beautiful. But I would say, ma bello, ma che bello sei tu. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. that's Sicilian, but, like, kind of backwards, like Yoda-ish. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It sounds like... Bello I... sei tu. <laughs> <laughs> again, versatile. Again, you're just made up of versatility. Just, like, you know... <laughs> You're like, well, depending on the day, I'll say you're hot first, or I'll say you are hot, you know? <laughs> Handsome you are. I love, I'm very obsessed with languages. Anytime I know someone speaks another language, I, I always ask the same series of questions like, what language do you think in? What language do you dream in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what language do you, because I think, like, for me, if I go back to Italy, it takes like two weeks to start for my brain to turn it around again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll remember things that happen in English and Italian. Like it's weird what happens with your brain and language. You'll start dreaming in Italian. So right. every time I talk to, you know, my friend Sophia growing up was Greek. 
and she only spoke Greek at home. So uh-huh. I was like, well, what are you thinking? And she like really had to think about it. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, oh, interesting. A mix. Yeah. Yeah. I know. There's something. I mean, we're just so much superior, you know, <laughs> than just. <laughs> than just the one language folk, you know? I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, you, you know, because like growing up being made fun of for my English accent and stuff. And sometimes like, I'm still, I'm still honestly learning the language, this one that I'm speaking. But, you know, <laughs> like growing up, I was always like, so, okay, yeah, I'm still figuring out this English thing, okay? But bitch, I speak, I'm, I speak too. Like, I'm on my way to speak, too. And also, I speak Mandarin, too, because I'm half Taiwan. Oh, you do? Yeah. And so, like, you know, anytime people people make fun of people's accents, I'm like, well, you know, it's because they're on their way to speak another language. Right. Another <laughs> language. Right. Exactly right. That is a great point. Mandarin is a... I want to learn... I would love to learn Japanese, but specifically, man... I love the sound of Cantonese. Mm-hmm. But I know... I think... I can't... I don't know anything about... Mandarin or Cantonese, so I don't know which would be more difficult to learn. But I, I remember trying to learn Mandarin from my friend who was uh, Chinese in college. But it's a, those are very difficult languages to learn because it's so subtle in pronunciations. Like the one slip yeah. of a tongue could mean something completely different, which is the opposite of Italian. Yeah, totally. And I've I've done that, like one slip of a tongue, and I'm just. I have a new lover, you know, and, yeah. and it's like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, next thing I know. I was trying to say apple. You know? <laughs> next thing I know, we're in a fully committed relationship. You know? <laughs> I was like, I thought, I mean, you know, I thought like you say you love things like in this culture, you people just throw out. I love lemonade. I love quinoa, whatever. Right. That is something English speakers do do. The the verb to love is used in more ways than other languages. I mean, we use it as an expressive way to say like, I love coffee. And it's yeah. like, that's, it sounds so dramatic to people of other, you know, learning English. Like you, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then, but you freak out if I tell you I love you. You know what I mean? They're like, ah, okay. that's a strong word. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Bitch, you just threw out my heart because you just talked about how much you love this little warm kale salad. You know what I mean? Down the fucking street at this overpriced restaurant. I tell you I love you and you're like, oh, hold on. That's so funny. Let me think about that one. I'm like, bitch, I just laid my heart out. You didn't you didn't mean it. You know what I mean? So it's like it's, everything's so dramatic. Also, you know, so I'm in Silver Lake where everyone right now currently is on a freak out about this fancy brunch restaurant down the street called Squirrel. Squirrel with some of the vowels missing. I don't know if you've seen it when you come. No. It's, you know, in a part of town. This restaurant was part of beginning the gentrification process of this part of town. I guess it's considered Silver Lake where it opened and there's always a long line, you know, the quintessential brunch story, long ass line, just of sundresses, you know, everyone in sun. <laughs> <laughs> just people, I just know that, you know, I, I never ate there because I don't like eating places where I feel inferior, you know? Of course, which is, <laughs> don't you find it shocking when people are constantly putting themselves in situations where it's like, Look, none of us can afford to be here. Why are we? Why are we, I? I don't want to feel bad about myself. Why am I eating here? Yeah, and I don't want to. You know, I'm always careful about it because you know, Mateo. Maybe you could be like, brunch is my life, bitch. I brunch and is it- not my life. Wait, I'm gonna turn on my Mariah Carey light because it's getting <laughs> a little dark. Ooh. Wait, you've been hiding that. You've been hiding. I well, I didn't. It was like lighter out today, so I just want to turn my my lamp on so that way I don't look so you know like a. You're back. In the dark. You're back. Yeah. I'm back. I feel like you. Yeah. Like the, is is the sun setting? Because I saw, I saw it's the like, change in day. Yeah, it is. I mean, this this new apartment. Oh God, it's so hot. Um. Yeah. Also, I just want to say I'm sorry. That I, I nothing is decorated in this new apartment. So this is just you know. Look, it's it's, it's a bare bones apartment. It's right very now, minimal. So. You, or or it looks like you got in trouble and you are. <laughs> Like I did. someone, someone was like, "It's you're you're grounded in that. Have a little timeout in that white walled room." You know? <laughs> yeah, this is it. I'm in a time. I'm in in my timeout chair. Actually, that's yeah. what this is. Mateo, go and podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I'll, I'll 
I'll be all right. Put on your headset and think about what you did, you know? This is my gaming headset, by the way. I play Fortnite every night with my friend Yamanika Saunders. So I know I look like a gay pilot, <laughs> but this is uh, this headset is acceptable in a certain community. Oh yeah, no, I, I accept it. It's, it's you, you look ready to battle. Like my, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, like where are you going? Where are you taking off to? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna be on. Have you ever played Fortnite before? Do you know what Fortnite is? I do, but I don't have the capacity. I don't have like the coordination to do that, so I don't. I stress myself out. Well, you start off on. There's like a map, and you start off on this bus, and you fly over, and then you launch yourself off. Right. So I mean, you basically are getting ready to launch off when you're playing. You're like, I'm ready for sure. But once you're on the ground, you still have that headset on. You know, it's kind of yes. <laughs> I like it. That's true. I like it. <laughs> You're like, this pilot just still is excited about going back in the air. <laughs> He's waiting in line at McDonald's with this ridiculous outfit on, but good for him. <laughs> Wait, is there food? You can get food in Fortnite? I don't know about They have like, they don't, yeah, they do. It's like boxes full, you like break them up and then fruit falls out and then that gives you health. Oh, got it. Okay. And fish, you can eat a fish. Or, I don't know why. It's like a raw fish and wow. it gives you your health back. That's it's called a floppy. <gasps> That's so painful. Paleo. That's so paleo. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, they're very health conscious in uh, Fortnite. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, okay, so you're not a brunch person because, you know, it's an unpopular opinion. I feel like, you know, a lot of my friends are like into the food, foodies, you know, and I'm a domesticated like this quarantine. So my I, I, I had a very domesticated mother in the sense of like learning how I my mother's Italian and Mexican. So mm -hmm. she grew up Everything is home cooked. Everything's homemade. So I grew up the same way as a kid, me and my brother and sister, even if it's like she made everything fun. If we're going to make pizza dough, we make it together. You put the yeast in, you watch it rise, you, you know. Yeah. So because I'm so busy usually and I'm on the road or I'm running around, I've been feeling less domesticated in the sense of like cooking for myself or being, you know, caring about the environment I live in. Sure. Essentially. I don't know if I'm using domesticated in the right word, but this is, you know, <laughs> please forgive me. Don't cancel me. But, you know, <laughs> no, I get I, it. I get it. Yeah. Very like, like do it yourself. You feel the dough, you feel the ingredients and right. You're at right. Home. So yeah, this, this quarantine has helped me just be at home. And I, I cooked, I think I ordered three meals. I ordered out three meals when I during the whole quarantine because I really wanted Thai food at one point. So I was like, I can't yeah. make this at all. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I will fuck this up. So I ordered Thai food once. But um, yeah, yeah, that was one good thing. I'm homemade pasta and sauces and prepping my food and this and that. And my friend Nick is so undomesticated. He's he, my friend Nick. It looks like Mr. Burns, but sounds like Mr. Smithers. And <laughs> When this all happened, he started freaking out because I was like, Nick, you need to go grocery shopping. And he's like, well, I don't need to. I said, well, what do you have for breakfast? Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee every morning. I said, well, you can't get Dunkin' Donuts because they're closing it. And he freaks out. And I'm like, Nick, I'll teach you how to make iced coffee. And he goes, what do I look like? Laura Ingalls Wilder. I'd rather be six foot in the ground than make my own iced coffee. So... Not everyone's so domesticated. Right. He's going on to being 108 years old, you know? Oh, my God. He literally, <laughs> Nick is, uh, I love him, but he's just like, he's a frail, weak individual <laughs> who doesn't know how to cook anything. Yeah. But no, I'm not a brunch person. I'd rather cook it myself. I enjoy cooking. Cooking is something I enjoy doing, which I think some people, to be fair, just don't enjoy it. That's just not something they're interested in. They don't yeah. enjoy cooking and that's fine. I mean, that that's that's why there's restaurants. For sure. And but like the the certain atmosphere of like you pay a lot for very little, you know, but it's the atmosphere, right? Like that part cuz I'm I'm convinced I'm not convinced it's cuz nobody knows how to cook. You know what I mean? It's because you you're like you want to be seen. <laughs> You go. That's true. You go to squirrel to be seen, and that's okay. Because when squirrel. you're in line, what happens? People will see you. You're that's right. that's the nature of standing in one place posing for an hour. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, for ricotta toast. You know what I mean? And for ricotta toast. That's the other thing. And how much do you think that ricotta toast costs? I know because I looked it up because I was like, what is this location that I never ate at down the street from my place? Uh, Seven dollars. Not <gasps> bad, but you know, but it's like bread. It's bread and ricotta. Yeah. <laughs> and so this restaurant got known for their jam and bread. 
Okay, so the jam is $15 and then bread, I don't know, doing the math, probably 20 something bucks. You know what I mean? I grew up on jam and bread and I don't know. I, 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 so the big, you know, kerfuffle, or is that a word? <laughs> kerfuffle, maybe? Kerfuffle, thank you. You know, here's the but thing. I don't even know if that's the right, I mean, I will just don't put, look at me. I will I'm... just put letters together and just make up an English word. and Perfect. You know, and so that's the big debacle, kerfuffle. Rec- mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's been sort of trending on Twitter is, um, you know, and I've just been obsessed because I, 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 I've been trying to, like put my emotions together about it but the whole thing is anyway uh, their, their jam had mold in it and people found uh. out and uh and you know and people are like no i'm so offended like this my my place this the, the place i went to be seen the place that that's fancy now has betrayed us with moldy jam you know? moldy jam it's like if instagram was a restaurant that's what i feel like <laughs> It is, you know, they're just upset that they're not being served likes, you know, they should be. Right. Yeah. But maybe it was like, you know, maybe it's like being on Instagram and and then being betrayed, realizing, oh, it's owned by Facebook. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Something like that. But what did you think was going to happen? Of course, it's owned by Facebook. You know, my everything's owned by Facebook. I mean, it's like Facebook's the new Disney. It's just yeah, it's owned by everything. Yeah, what did you think was going to happen to the to the fancy jam that you know needed to make a lot of profit? Of course, they're going to keep it around and it was going to grow mold. They don't give a shit about you, but people who gentrified a neighborhood and they called it a shitty corner. That's why they gentrified it. You know, it's quoted in the papers. You know, anyway, I'm talking about. So I'm well. Okay, well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad I didn't offend you with my 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 brunch thoughts. You know, um, no, please, of course, I I'll hate on brunch all day. I I read in an interview you did with Ian Aber, love him, Atlanta comic. Um, th- yes, that you get kind of one of your um, pet peeves is when people um, claim they love an Italian restaurant, but it's not really <laughs> Italian. Is that correct? Is that true? Who hurt you? Buca di Beppo? Um, Buca di Beppo? Buca di Beppo is, a, is one of them. Um, I, you know, that's, it's like, it's, I say it with like a sarcastic. No, no, you know, I'm not judging because like, I'm, I'm curious to hear because I, I know. I, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Please go ahead. I know I've eaten at not real Italian places and have been like, guys. We're going to the place that does the birthday song. <laughs> right. Happy, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, and this is every, this is not specific to Italian culture, but I think when you think of really good food countries, right? So think Mexico, think um, Colombia, think Japan, think China, think Italy, where you eat foods, foods are made in such a very specific way. And then in the move to America, it becomes something else. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a great example is fettuccine Alfredo and chop suey. Neither one of these dishes originates from the country they claim to be from, right? They're both American-made dishes. Now, Mm -hmm. fettuccine Alfredo, there's a whole backstory to this. It was called Pasal Burro, which was made at a place called Alfredo in Rome. It wasn't this whatever the people American thinks it is, right? Sure. But fettuccine Alfredo is this American dish that Americans love and it has nothing to do with Italy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I wish that I could... I wish that... How do I describe this? Italian food is more than just sponge pasta with red sauce poured over it, right? It's, sure, sure. The Italians have a connection with their food in the sense of like, I, they're eating ravioli, the cheese is made from... Uh, this milk that is from this cow, which is owned by this farm, which we know the farmer. I mean, mm-hmm. they have such a deep connection to their food. They care about food. Mm-hmm. They use food as a cultural expression of love and uh, giving, etc. blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, a bastardized version of Italian food would be the Olive Garden, obviously, where it's sure. microwaved and it's shit and so but I always joke because I think there's some people out there who've just been eating Italian food and don't know what real Italian food is. Sure. And I'm in the same way with me. I'm sure I go to, you know, Thai restaurants thinking, wow, I'm eating, I'm eating Patsy <laughs> and this is the best. And I'm sure people are like, you fucking idiot. Like you're, e- you're eating bullshit. This is bullshit. You know, so it's, yeah. it, it, that's the same for every 
culture, I guess. But I'm very particular about Italian food. I love Italian food. Right. And you make it. You make it. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> I could talk about this all day and it's so embarrassing because no. none of my friends want to hear about it. But I always want to talk about food and my friends are like, we don't care. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm so, so curious. I'm so curious because you do make it at home and like you are so proud of it that, you know, um, not like a who hurt you, but at least mm-hmm. at least in my past. Right. Like anytime I've had to sort of like show my Asian-ness more or be kind of like defensive about it it's when people were people questioned it you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. when people question like you know do you know what you're talking about that's when i'm just like well you know japan uh you know sushi was founded blah 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 and i'm like why am i spewing off facts you know Louis? and and <laughs> well because you care and because it means you've you you have a, a fundamental understanding of Japanese food in a way most Americans don't. And a lot of Americans eat sushi. I go to this trendy sushi place. I go to that trendy sushi place. And I'm sure, I mean, I can't speak for you, but in the same way I look at Italian food, people go to trendy Italian place. I'm like, you're eating something called carbonara and you have no idea what you're eating. This is like, you know, when people eat the real version of the food, they're always shocked by it. There's a great video online they go to South Korea mm-hmm. and because Italian food is very popular in South Korea and one of the most popular dishes is carbonara. Mm-hmm. And they went to an authentic Italian restaurant and served these girls. They had like paired them up. Yeah. And then they say, you know, they give them the, the dish and they they say, okay, for example, we're going to give you carbonara. They put the carbonara in front of them and the response of these girls were, what, what is this? And oh. Some ate it and they were like, this is... Some one girl was like, "This is not what I thought it was. This is not good." The other girl was like, "This is a very exotic flavor. I've never had anything like this." Yeah. So you get to watch people's experience with the real version of that food, right? Because certain countries just make the food the way they make it. Like the way we eat Mexican food mm-hmm. is not how they eat Mexican food in Mexico. Sure. You sure. know, so it's it's the same. It's the same thing. It's a very cool video because these girls are... In Korea, huh? So an authentic Italian restaurant in Korea. Yes, they had... They, they, like um, the chef is like from Italy or something? Yes, the or whole study- st- and they, they import all the food from Italy. So like if they're going to use tomato sauce, it has to be San Marzano. And they have a bunch of Italian pizza places all around the world, Japan and you know Mexico, everywhere... That's called Vera Pizza, which means real pizza. And it has to be authenticated by this group of people that say, if you want to eat real pizza from Italy, right. it has to follow these guidelines. And so then they send people out and then they can verify it. And yeah. And it's, for example, like if they sell ranch dressing, they're fined $1,000 because this isn't right. authentic to this region of Italy. So wow, they. Wow, that's serious, serious business. Truly trying yes. to stay like sincere to the message. Yeah. Yes. The one thing I love about those girls is they ate the pizza and they said, I, every single one of them agreed, like, I've never had a pizza so good in my entire life. Wow. It was so cute. They were like, this is hands down. And then afterwards, like, well, what'd you think of the food? They all were like, the pizza, the pizza, the pizza. The one girl was like, tiramisu, the tiramisu. But it was interesting to watch because America's the same way where it's like these, these dishes we think are Italian, like spaghetti and meatballs doesn't exist in Italy. Mm. Fettuccine Alfredo doesn't exist in Italy. Penne alla vodka doesn't exist in Italy. Like chicken parmesan doesn't, you know. Well, you just named four of my favorite dishes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they have versions, right? So, like chicken parmesan would be una cotoletta, which is a breaded chicken. Yeah. Right? I understand that. I understood the cutlet. Yes, very good. The cotoletta. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then, like spaghetti meatballs, they have meatballs and they have pasta. Yeah. Most places don't put them together. There's certain towns in southern Italy where they'll have tiny, tiny little balls of meat that you would put on top of your pasta, but mm-hmm. these big, huge balls. Of <laughs> they don't. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's yeah. not a journey. But no, these you... giant meatballs, it's like this. None of that exists. You had, in Italy. You had me at these teeny, tiny balls. You had, yeah, I did. <laughs> you, had there. you had me there. I said, it's not. It's not well, well, shoot, Matteo, you know. The weekend's uh, over, you know, but... Yeah, you're right. It's Monday. Forgive me. <laughs> no, but those teeny tiny balls, like, what is it? Just not... Isn't it just, like, crumbled um, 
Crumbled meat. What am I doing? Crumbled meat. No, they take. They literally. You do the. They take them and fry them up, and then put them in your sauce. And Got so, it. but it's just. It's a different experience. There's a great show called Pasta Grannies on YouTube where they oh. go. This British woman goes to these old old Italian women. I mean, like they they look like they can barely walk, and sure. then they make their favorite meal or whatever. So each region makes a specific meal. And it's a, it's cute because they're old women and they're really cute and they're right. making homemade pasta and stuff. But it's also cool to see like the range of different foods in Italy because and the languages. Like Italy speaks multiple languages. It's not just Italian. Yeah, they yeah. have similar to China, where China has so many dialects. Sure, but they classify yeah. them as dialects, but they're really languages. I mean, they're different languages. People are speaking to each other that is not the same as Mandarin. Yeah. And Italian's the same way. Like there's the Sicilian dialect, which is you can't not communicate with someone if you speak Sicilian and someone speaks Italian. Mm -hmm. So everyone in Italy speaks two languages, Italian and then their dialect. It's a very... Again, just yeah. so much superior, you know, than so much more superior. <laughs> <That's a theory. laughs> no, I mean, you know, well, you know, God. Forgive me for being defensive with these folks walking around, cutting out holes in their masks, being like, go back to where you came from. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, uh, how about your Mexican side? Are you like so, in touch with it or not really? My Mexican heritage, I always say that I am Irish, Italian and Mexican because um, and it was so funny. One time they were like, see these Latino comics and they named like seven of them and I was one of them. And I'm look, I'm very proud to have Mexican heritage, but my relationship with my Mexican family is unfortunately a complicated one. My grandfather, who is Mexican, yeah. my mom's dad, yeah. um, had five kids with my grandmother. Okay. She's Italian. Uh -huh. And then had five kids with another woman at the same time. Yeah. And named all the kids the same name so he didn't confuse the kids. That's what? Hold on. You're, uh -huh. you're telling me you're you have tethered versions of you on the other side of the family, like the movie. Well, my, like, my mother does. Oh, you're, you're right, right, right. The, so, right your right. mother does. There's a tethered version in the upside down world. That's two. Yes. That's two different. It's franchises. a parallel universe. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh my yes. God. Okay, okay. So he and my my grandmother. Look, this is a a a, a young Italian girl in the fifties and sixties who you know, didn't know what to do. She went to the priest. The priest said, "Keep having more kids." So mm -hmm. she had more kids. But finally, she left him. But when she left him, she did it in let's say not the most healthy way. My mother and her sisters and brother were forbid to speak to any of that family again. My grandma just wanted nothing to do with him, his family. I understand sure. you know, it wasn't that she was wounded. Right. But my mother basically grew up, you know, this is my Italian family. This is my Mexican family. These people speak Italian. These people speak Spanish. Right. And gone. One day just completely gone. Wow. And when she grew up, she was about, she was around 30. Um, she found her dad. And the, her and her brothers and sisters sat down with him and, and sort of had a, they reconciled with him and he was open and honest and, yeah. you know, admitted to everything. And, and she did find peace with him before he passed away. When he died at the funeral, she met her brothers and sisters with the exact same names. <laughs> oh God. What did they? Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, Huge. so it's, and it's an interesting part of my life that I, I find because so many people in my family were trying to be quiet about it because that's what my grandmother taught. Mm -hmm. I now talk about it and I start to talk to my aunt Cindy, my aunt Debbie, my mom. And we, we're not because my aunt Cindy, for example, you know, it's so funny because she looks so Mexican. Mm. I mean, she doesn't look European at all. She looks Got it. Like a Mexican woman. Yeah. And everywhere she goes, people speak Spanish to her. And she's always, I don't speak Spanish, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry. But everywhere we go. So, you know, it's 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 in my genes. It's in my life. And I, I've actually found that I have, I've somehow made a connection to my Latin heritage by um, learning how to speak Spanish. Um, and I did this Mexican TV show called Noches con Platanito. Yeah, I, told, I know it. Yes, yeah. No, Our, my and I my former roommate was on that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a huge, I did a, huge show. It's a huge show, mm -hmm. and um, 
I did it and I told I did it all in Spanish, but I sound very Italian when I speak Spanish. Mm. I sound like a Mario and Luigi, like, hey, 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 you know, and um, I told him the story about my grandpa and he laughed. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very funny. Your grandpa sounds really smart. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because like we, I my grandpa before he died gave my mother photo albums of all of our family in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so I have all these pictures of all my aunts and great aunts and uncles and family in Mexico. And you can see, I can see my mother and her brothers and sisters faces in these photos. Wow. And yeah. so I'm hoping that I, we, I know we're from Guanajuato. I know our last name is Maldonado. And, um, I guess they would have come here in the forties or yeah, it would have been like the forties or something. So. I want to go back to Mexico one day and just have like gather information about my family and go right. find because we did the 23andMe and it's like your first cousin Antonio Maldonado you uh-huh, know and uh-huh. it's like you're we were connected by the Native American roots and actually East Asian because my my Mexican family is indigenous to the land of Central America and okay. Mexico. I was going to say, so they, who, who had another affair, you know? Well, they say Native American, but <laughs> right, right. I guess but because it's Native American, it's like 2% East Asian. Right, right. And, you know, other stuff. It's, I mean, 23andMe was very, very interesting. But it's, yeah. so it's hard for me to say, like, I am Latinx. I feel most connected <laughs> to my Italian heritage. I speak Italian. I look Italian. I, oh, you but know, I, I know have, my family. I have Italy. it written here um, that I'm interviewing Latin comedian... <laughs> Mateo Lane, who was Mateo Lane, but I am I'm proud to say that I'm Latino. <laughs> I love it. I really am. I and as an adult, I'm trying to, you know, I I don't want to be like I lived a Latin experience because I yeah. didn't. But I am, you know, it's yeah. complicated when you have mixed family members. Yeah, like my mother and her family, it's identity starts to become totally. You know, I, you know just got to put that other family on the ofrenda. So in the other in the after you pass in the next life. You can see them and be like, you know what right. I mean? And me, I don't know. This is all from Coco, the movie Coco that I. Oh my God, Coco. I Ugh. saw Coco on a plane. It yes. was almost an empty plane and there was a gay flight attendant. And, and um, he was very nice to me. He kept yeah. coming over and checking on me. But, so at one point I'm watching it. I was crying so hard. You know, planes make you cry. Yes, 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 yes. I was sob. Oh my God, I was sobbing. And he came up. He's like, he was British. He's like, do you want a bit of a snack or something? You look a bit upset. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm watching Coco. You know? Yeah, and you're so, like, yeah, do you have a biscuit? Anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give no. me a biscuit cookie. Yeah, just soak up these tears. No, yeah, that that movie. But, you know, that's that's where anytime I say, I'm like, oh, yeah, the ofrenda. You know, you got to put it up or else you can't cross over. I know it only. I know it from Coco. It's not like I, you know, it's not like I read books and, you know. You know. Dia de los Muertos, you know, yeah. Well, you know, I, I have friends who, who celebrated and stuff, but like, you know, I always felt weird about like tagging along. So I never tagged along. It's not like I don't, I, I never painted my face, you know, when, when it was time for Dia de, de la Muertos because I was like, yes. well, I'm just coming in and going to paint my face, you know, because I watched Coco once. I'm not going to do that. And but hey, that's you know just what? Me. It's, that's it's, just me. It's it's a beautiful thing in Mexico. Cel- that that celebration, and you know, it's it's above anything. It's about celebrating your ancestors and people who have passed. I think that's something sure. you find in every culture. I think the Mexican culture really right. embraced it in a really beautiful way. For sure. But I mean, as an Asian person, just coming in, having watched Coco, <laughs> do, yeah, do, I understand. Right? Do I need? I saw Coco. Yeah. You know, do I like, need to oh, paint right. my whole? You know, I'm like, look. Right. You know, like. Juanita painted my face, you know, I, I paid her, I paid her $50 an hour. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. You know, there's some things that I'm like, I, I, I will appreciate it and I'll even go, but I, I don't need to be in, in a garb, in the garb, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. Very true. It's not like a Star Wars movie where you want to dress up like a Jedi. It's like, right. oh, this is like an actual real culture. I'll be respectful and, and do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. So you've been on like a Mexican showcase and then. Like, oh, yeah. Yet. That was so fun. I I, um, I want to do a show in Spanish. My friend Carmen Lynch in in New York, mm-hmm. she is um she's actually of Spain, Spanish descent, but she works in all these Latino rooms and Latinx rooms, and they have all these different Spanish-speaking shows. So I want to do it, but I'm so... My my Spanish is so heavily influenced by my Italian. Yeah. I wonder if the audience would just be laughing 
at me or with me, <laughs> but I I kind of want to do it. That's a risk you kind of have to take. That's the only way you can find out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm taking Spanish lessons right now to get better. I'm about to, te- well, when COVID is over, that day ever comes, yeah. there's certain programs where you can be with, long story short, I'm going to be teaching art classes to young Spanish, you know, Latin kids. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Maybe don't have a home. Right. So, but I want to be able to make sure that I'm speaking full Spanish because I don't think a eight year old's going to understand the difference between it- Italian and Spanish. So it'd be, but those languages sure. are so similar. It's hard to like, right. Break them apart. Yeah. 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 No, that's so interesting. I, I get, I, I, I used to get like booked or like asked, there had been numerous times where it was, for me, it was like queer lineups where they'd be like, lesbian Otsuko, or at least buy with that haircut she got. Or at least buy. <laughs> <laughs> Those bangs, you got to be. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> or, you know, or I've, I've played a lot of lesbians actually too, where always upset about a breakup, very specific type of Lesbian. I don't a lesbian upset about a Always, always just upset about a breakup. Like something about this says villain, you know. But I like your bangs. This, you have is, a, this I, is leading I really lady. Like your this is leading lady. Oh, with the. This is this is villain. But it's true because villains villains do. If you look at drawings of of villain characters, they are always a little like they have these like asymmetrical haircuts or some sort of symmetry or like the sharpness or you know like Maleficent has you know this is my favorite villain this is my favorite yes the cheekbones for days the cheekbones and the you know the sharpness and stuff because that's as a young gay kid I was I was always attracted to the villains because they were this other Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like Aladdin and Jasmine it's like oh so boring like he loves her she's a princess but Jafar now (laughs) we're talking he's got secrets and powers and he's hidden and he's got you he talks to a parrot and he's got lightning and yeah I mean I was always so attracted to the the villain because they just didn't fit in this category of like male is like this and woman is like that I am realizing you you do draw a lot of villains which oh, I'm is Maleficent your favorite? I, Maleficent is the like single most important figure in my life mm. besides Maria Callas. But she, <laughs> she, 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 the, she the, just like, was she the singer? Yes, Maria Callas, the Greek, Greek uh, singer. opera singer, died young, tragic, mm-hmm. dramatic. You know, the, the weight loss, the affairs, the singing, the losing. The I mean, she was amazing. She and she looked like a Disney villain, Maria Callas. She looked like Maleficent with a beehive. I mean, she was <laughs> beautiful. Um, yeah. But yeah, as a young gay kid, oh my god, I think something about Maleficent just spoke. Maleficent and Storm from the X Men, just like. Mm spoke so much to me because they were these like powerful women and the oh they were just like they were so i just was obsessed and i still i was drawing an x-men comic book yesterday i was drawing jubilee and storm mm-hmm. those are my two favorite x-men and uh i yeah just i don't know i love i i'm still such a nerd about all that kind of stuff no yeah i was a little basic bitch i always wanted to be the protagonist and i was like these basic bitches would have never talked to me and here i am trying to you know replay scenes as a little kid just being like oh no my slipper right <laughs> oh well someone's got someone's gotta come find me you know put the slipper on my shoe what a boring storyline by the way yeah. right that, that yeah. that's the plot you know some basic boys like oh i danced with a girl one time also right. never understood but you know at the time i was like oh that life though you know where you were just cleaning dirty little places Dirty places. Wherever, Dirty places. Wherever Cinderella was cleaning, all over the, the house. The chateau in France the with sh- her stepmother. Yeah, just cleaning and having to get on her knees and stuff. And to suddenly, which I never understood why these princesses that have been locked up forever, right, suddenly know how to ballroom dance when they all. I know. When the spotlight's on them, she's like, oh, I know this. What? And singing. <laughs> right. Who taught you? You know? Who? I guess, yeah. Right? It's, Where did you? I know. But, you know, but I was so impressed by by that, that I was, I was like, I want to be the princess. Never even, you know, never even giving. Never thought about being Maleficent in a, a tower with, with goons and shooting lightning and making storms and. And you know what? <laughs> turns into out, dragons. Yes, but turns out that's she has a lot to be pissed about. She does have a lot to be pissed about. She, she wasn't invited to a party because obviously they were judging her for the way she looked. So guess what? She's gonna kill their daughter. 
Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, the most dramatic woman on the face of the planet. Oh, I wasn't invited to a party. I mean, there's so many other things she could have done. And she, in front of everyone, was like, well, your daughter's going to die. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know. totally. And she herself turns into a dragon, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, in the cartoon. She swears. She's the only Disney villain to swear. She goes, now will you deal with me, old prince, and all the powers of hell. And then she explodes into a huge dragon. Oh, it's the, oh, that scene at the end, word. it's like five minutes long. Right. <laughs> it's Maleficent versus Prince Philip. And it still makes my heart race. It is the greatest. It's Tchaikovsky music. Mm -hmm. It's Mark Davis who designed it. Ivan Earl, the, the artist director the the collab oh just her shooting lightning and the thorns and the dragon i mean i it's i get chills thinking about it now because it was so important to my life you know what up. i'm gonna rewatch just the fight scene actually i mean i'm gonna yes. be bummed now that i have a different perspective on maleficent when she dies but i won't and so i always pause it right before she dies <laughs> <laughs> that's what i do with everything that i know like if it's like titanic or like waco like i won't watch the last episode of waco because i'm like yeah i know i know what happens? Titanic is such a shit movie. It's a lifetime movie with a budget. I mean, that <sighs> movie was such crap. Rose is such a horrific character. So long. Yeah. yeah. She's so selfish and so, I mean, it's like, so literally rich. the person, like, let's think about the perspective of her fiance to be. This guy's like, I got to deal with this girl who wants expensive artwork, expensive clothing, expensive this and take her mother along right. and pay for her mother then go on this ship and she for three days on a ship she can't hold it in and now she's going with some guy she just met mm -hmm. literally has no idea who it is yeah and she's gonna leave me for this guy yeah i'd be pissed off too yeah so pissed and then and then now a sh whole ship sinking and it's like oh this might be like my last day on earth and you're running off with my fiance you know right of course, oh i'd be so pissed off oh. at least she could have been like because he, could draw, no. <laughs> because he could draw, because he could draw with, what was that, pencil? Pencil, he drew French women, French prostitutes, I think is what he said. Right, and it's like, great, amazing. What else do you do? I don't know, he like runs around, he runs fast. He had lived in Wisconsin and was in cold waters once. That was enough for her to be like, I'm leaving my husband. <laughs> Meanwhile, how much rights did women have in 1911? Ugh. So, she, and, and she's like on this ship with all these paintings and mm -hmm. all that, and you know, her mother's, everything's paid for. Yeah. I guess it's supposed to be a love story, but I really just look at it as like a bratty girl who didn't get what she wanted. We were given so many basic ass stories, basic ass protagonists that we had to care about all these yeah. years. All these years. And then, at the, and then when she's older, you know, like, I'm my star. She dry, instead of giving that diamond to her grandkids, yeah. saying, all of you can go to college for the rest of your life, what does <laughs> she do? Drops it in the ocean. Yeah. Bitch. Do you know how many people are fucking starving? Right. Sell that shit. Yeah. Give it to charity. Start an orphanage. Like. Start an orphanage. Start an <laughs> orphanage, and then we can have Annie again. Yes. Another one, please. And then they did. They were like, this time... Black Annie! And we were like, yeah, we did it! <laughs> well, the problem with that movie was that Cameron Diaz was playing Miss Hannigan. And it's um, like, she's so not Miss Hannigan. Like, Miss Hannigan right. isn't this, like, sexy, foxy, you know, like, a little, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, clumsy woman. It was like, Carol Bur if Carol Burnett's the standard yeah. of Miss Hannigan, right. like, Kathy Bates played Miss Hannigan in like the 1999, 2000 adaptation of that movie for like Disney. Where it's like, we gotta get, like, I like Cameron Diaz. I think she's very talented. I'm not sure, taking that away from sure. her, but she's not Miss Hannigan. Yeah, it's gotta be, yeah, just like uh, this cut from the same stone at least, you know? Right, or just bring Carol Burnett back. That's true. Or bring Kathy Bates back. Like, how awesome would Annie have would have been right. if it was like Jamie Foxx and Carol Burnett? Like, right. yeah, I'm lining up. Yeah, yeah, not not Charlie's Angel, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You can't go from Charlie's the main Charlie's Angel girl to Miss Hannah. No, I used to wear like, leather. No, just a leather jumpsuit, tight. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Yeah. You're right. You know so much shit. Again, superior. Uh, yeah, I just... <laughs> hey, Matteo, uh, I have a quick question from a listener for you. Sure. Okay. All right. Oh, gosh. There's two I can choose from. Um, let's do these two really quick, okay? This, this is technically okay. two questions in one. Uh, um, this is from Ricardo in Louisville, Texas. 
Well, this is one question and one. Ryan Reynolds or Hugh Jackman? Don't know why. Um, I guess I would pick... I, I Frankly, I'm not really... Neither one is my type, I guess you would say. Ryan Reynolds, he seems like maybe he's a little less... Um, Hugh Jackman just seems so, like, I'm an actor theater, and I just would be a, a lot to handle. So I think I'd go with Ryan Reynolds. Maybe we could, we could Ryan Reynolds and I could cook brunch together. Be a little, I feel it'd be a little more chill. Right, right. Then Hugh just being like, you know, I have a story from uh, when I was um, starting out in acting, and uh, here's a monologue or something. Yeah, I could see something. That too. Yeah, <laughs> they both seem fine. I'd love to, I'd love the opportunity to even meet either one of them, but I would pick Ryan probably. Great. Okay. Ricardo. Ryan. Ryan wins. Uh, this is from Coco. How did you learn to draw? And what is your workout routine? That's the two questions in one. I'm like, Oh, interesting. Um, well, I learned to draw. So my mother is an artist. I think it's genetic. My mother is, is a, an amazing artist, but you know, she just had kids. That was her life. And um, she didn't, I don't think had the same ambition as, as me, but my brother, sister and I are all artists. Um, I've been drawing for as long as I can remember and kind of like an obsessive way too. Like I would sit with like a ream of paper and go through it in a week mm -hmm. and draw. And if I made one mistake, I'd flip to the next page. I would had my life, my childhood was filled with post. I would love to go to Staples and get post-its because the post-its I could make flip books. Oh, and yeah. I would make animations and my cousins had a camcorder and we would set that up and I would do all these animations of Maleficent or Storm. And then you would put a paper up and click it real quick and put the next paper up and we would make animation. We'd make claymation. Like art has just always been a part of my life. I never studied art until I got to college. I studied opera when I got to high school. Mm -hmm. and But I was still drawing on my own. Then I got to college. I went to like the most prestigious art school in the country, the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And I got in with five drawings. It was, But it changed my life. And then I finally had real... Te the best art teachers in, the, in arguably the world, right. nurturing my talent, guiding me and, and helping me work even harder and really move to the next level. And I was living in Italy and painting in Italy. And I was, my whole life was art. I was obsessed. I would paint, you know, we had seven hour painting classes and I would go home and I would paint till 4 a.m. and wake up. And I was just obsessed. Yeah. And then I got a job drawing TV commercials and fashion ads for a living in that got me to New York and then mm -hmm. I started doing stand-up and yeah. said goodbye to the art world. But now I draw for myself and I do things like my friend Bob the Drag Queen and I have a comic book that we made that we, you know, have big things happening with it. I can't say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like I'm now able to draw for myself. I'm now able to draw for things that give me happiness because when you draw for other people, uh, as much of a blessing as it was, it was you you start to hate what you this beautiful talent you know i used to be so yeah inspired and i i used to be so like i would see something and have to draw it it was this cathartic instinctual feeling and that all started to go away because it just became so right it was just work right so it took me once i start once i left my drawing job and and i was doing stand-up full-time I would say it took me a full two years to come back and really love drawing again oh interesting and now I bought the iPad Pro, so I put all these pictures up on Instagram of like Disney villains and it, but I'm drawing because I'm just drawing what makes me happy. I'm gonna be on a plane for five hours, I'm gonna draw Hades, I'm gonna draw Predator, I'm gonna draw Maleficent. Like, yeah. I don't need to prove anything anymore. Like, I, I don't need to prove that I, I just am drawing for the enjoyment of drawing. So it's, it's taken me a while to get back yeah. to that point. Right. But that's my sort of history with drawing and illustration it's so interesting once like you've started to make a career out of it then it was like well i'm getting notes from people and then it's someone else's vision and then you're trying to like fit that vision so and in a way it becomes so easy is the wrong word drawing is not easy drawing is not really enjoyable painting's not enjoyable people, oh i paint is therapeutic mm -hmm. no it's mm -hmm. like doing math mm -hmm. you're problem solving it's difficult your body is tense and your mind is i mean it's 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 not an easy thing. It, you have to exert a lot of energy when you are creating art, at least my experience. I never found it to be this like, I'm painting and it's relaxing. And no, <laughs> it's like, it's a constant observation. It's a constant correction. It's a constant like skill, you know, muscle, everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I 
I like the end results of what I do and I like the feeling of getting what I see in my head out on paper. Right. Um, but I lost that for a while. So you said you mentioned muscle when you were talking about concentrating hard on painting and it, uh, and the drawing and it's, um, you know, it's actually problem solving, which brought, mm. which brings me to what's your workout plan? What's your workout regimen? Well, <laughs> is it from tensing up while you, draw Hades? It is, and I'm having like back problems now because I've been drawing this comic <laughs> oh. book of Jubilee and Storm the past week, so like my back yeah. really hurts. I, I thought you were out. just doing that to flex, so I, I laughed oh, because uh, your, your ginormous bicep, when you were like, I'm having back problems, I was like, oh, Mateo. I'm having some back <laughs> issues. It's like the beginning of like gay porn. But um, my my sister is a um, IF, IF BB Pro, which is an international fitness bodybuilder. Her whole life is fitness and training, and that's her whole, you know, career. And maybe like four years ago, I just really wanted to learn how to work out and feel better about how I look and, you know, the usual thing. I've always been super, super, super thin and um, just wanted to build up. And so my sister gave me a diet and gave me an exercise routine and uh, became my nutritionist and personal trainer and just taught me, hey, if you want to work out, these are this is how you should do it and this is how much you should work out and this is how much you should lift and this is how much you should, this is when you should eat, how you should eat, what you should eat. You can, just, you can do that with Italian food? Well, I mean, I, I, yes, I mean, I do eat pasta still, but you know, oh, yeah. the thing is, the, the diet that I'm on isn't about taking away food, it's just knowing what I'm eating, how I'm eating and when I'm eating. I think, a oh, lot of times it. when people are trying to lose weight or they're trying to better themselves, there's a lot of confusion about about food. And one of the things I learned was, you know, keep your body on a regular schedule. Eat the same time every single day. It helps your body process food and gets your metabolism better. And Yeah, um, got it. But yeah, and then I just, I enjoy it now. I enjoy going to the gym. I mean, obviously I can't now. The gym's closed in New York, so right. I'm working out at but home. But with that headset now, like earlier you look like a pilot, but now you're looking like my Equinox fitness instructor. And Hi, everyone. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much. So ladies, you know, yeah, so, yeah I know. No, 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 it's it's good. It's, it, it's actually a headset that kind of fits many scenarios. <laughs> it is mm -hmm. actually you're right mm -hmm. um but yeah i just i enjoy working out now i enjoy when i go on the road it's something that i do that's it's my schedule usually is so hectic new city every week going here going there by there you know it's the one thing that i'm like well i know when i walk into a gym i know what to do mm -hmm. and it's kind of calming in a weird way and then i like the results i like how i look i feel better about how i yeah so does you know so does coco and, yeah, and, thank you, Coco. Frankly, me too. Yeah, and so thank you. Wow, Mateo, we we have come to the end of the podcast. We didn't even get to the game. We were chatting and having. I was having. A oh, great I had time. so much fun chatting, though. What fun! Yeah, and so you know, we'll we'll end it here. But I mean, God, I learned so much. You know, from from watching your butthole in the the not butthole it wasn't just you didn't say butthole i picture the butthole but my ass it. in the sink in the, or the, the tub in the same bathtub that you washed dishes into now <laughs> being an ultra mega latinx comedian superstar and so <laughs> no big deal no big deal <laughs> and you live across hookah like you are true i do inspiration well that's it thank you all so much that was mateo lay till next time goodbye Thank <laughs> you.